Well, it's good to be here this morning at Porchlight Baptist Church. Enjoyed the good singing. And uh, it's one week till Christmas. Here we are, just one week away. It's hard to believe. Boy, this year has flown. Uh, but I'm ready for it. I'm looking forward to it. it. You know, a lot of times we say it just don't feel like Christmas. It does to me this year. feels like Christmas. Of course, Mary's been buying gifts since January. So, you know, it kind of feels like Christmas all year long. But uh, it is good to be here today. Glad to be feeling better. Thank you for those that have been praying for me. My health is getting back to normal, and so I'm thankful for that. And normal for me is probably not great, but it's, it is a lot better than, than I have been the last uh, couple of months. And uh, just continue praying. Uh, we do have another Christmas message this morning, though, out of the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 2, that old familiar passage there. Luke chapter 2. We're not going to look at the actual um, birth story uh, as much, but we're going to look at Christmas story kind of through the eyes of the shepherds. Last week we looked at it through the eyes of Mary. This time it's kind of through the shepherds' view of things, the announcement of the birth of Christ. And I've titled the message this morning, For Unto You. For Unto You. And it's going to be out of the Gospel of Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Luke chapter 2, and we'll go ahead and start reading there in verse 8. Here the Bible says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the reading of your word this morning. I'm praying that you'll help us now. God, may this word go out and do a mighty work in our hearts this morning, for it's these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'll try to put the emphasis there on, on every time the, the Bible mentioned it was to them. So, for unto you, put yourself in the shoes of the shepherds. Ever wore shepherd shoes? I doubt it. Uh, but put yourself in there today. As we examine this text, I want you to bear in mind that the greatest thing, the greatest announcement ever on the face of the entire earth in all of history has just been made in this text. Uh, it's an announcement that is going to change the course of history for, forever and ever. Uh, for hundreds of years, this announcement had been promised. You know, the, the prophets uh, all through the, 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 um, the Old Testament had prophesied of this coming and all this. And so they knew about it, but now finally the announcement has come that there's going to be a Savior, 
a Messiah who's going to come and save them from their sins, uh, the one that's going to save the whole world. And uh, this event would be so important today, it would be on every major newspaper headlines and every, well, probably not the liberal <laughs> news news broadcast that we have today. They probably wouldn't even mention it. But uh, some of them, they'd be broadcast across there, the greatest announcement ever known to mankind, a Savior is born. And so look at verse 8 there again. Verse 8, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And so now suddenly this greatest news event in the history of man is being proclaimed to, of all people, shepherds, nobodies, uh, outcasts. These men were not even allowed to come in and worship inside the temple with the rest of the people or in the sanctuaries and with the other people because they were unclean. They're there around all those animals all day. They stink. Nobody wants to have anything to do with these men. Uh, they were insignificant. In fact, they were considered low-class people, the lowest of the low. Have you noticed, though, that how God uses shepherds throughout all the Bible to get his work done? Abraham was a shepherd. You know, David's a shepherd. Everybody that God picks is really a shepherd. And so that just goes to show you that uh, the, the gospel, salvation, God is for all people, even the lowest of the low. That would include us. And so this newsworthy event uh, was not given to the high priest. It was not given to the Sadducees or the Pharisees. It was not given to any of these religious you know, high up people that uh, everybody looked up to. And, and of course, they expected that too. They wanted everybody to, they probably thought, well, this news should have come to me first, you know. And just like Herod, Herod the king, uh, the news he assumed should have come to him instead. These men, Magi, come from the east and they're the ones that tell him about it. Uh, so, and they, they're not even Jews. They're not even a part of that. So these are, those were pagan men out of probably Persia that had came, that had heard the story, most likely from those in captivity. When Daniel was in captivity, uh, those there that they came came out of the east into this country to and saying, you know, we're looking for that one that's born king of the Jews. He wasn't their king. They weren't Jews. And so they came to Herod, who was supposed to be the king of the Jews at the time, telling him about this birth of this child. So interesting how this all worked. Uh, but you would have thought the the uh, the high priest of all people would have at least been looking for this. This was one of the signs that had been prophesied. He should have, of all people, should have been waiting. And we know there were people that was waiting. We had people that was there uh, uh, waiting uh, for this uh, uh, great event to take place. But it says that in the same country, verse 8 said in the same country, that means roundabout Bethlehem is where the, what that means. And if you go back to a thousand years previous to this announcement, you'll find that there was a shepherd in that same country named David. A thousand years previous to this. 1 Samuel 17, 12 through 15, the Bible says, Now David was the son of that Ephrathite of Bethlehem of Judah, whose name was Jesse, and he had eight sons. And the man went among men for an old man in the days of Saul. And the three eldest sons of Jesse went and followed Saul to the battle. And the names of his three sons that went to the battle were Eliab, the firstborn, next to him Abinadab, and the third Shammah. And David was the youngest. And the three eldest followed Saul. But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. So we see there that the, the greatest king of Israel, besides the Lord Jesus, of course, 
greatest king uh, to the to Israel, David, was also a shepherd, and he was in that same country where these shepherds are abiding in the field. So on the same soil that David was once watching over sheep, not much has changed in a thousand years. You know, not a lot of uh, uh, what do they call it today uh, progress. Not much progress. There probably wasn't any new fancy feeding trials to, to give the sheep, you know, a viaduct system maybe that they routed to make sure they got water or anything like that. Same same way David watched over the flock, same way these men were watching over the flock. And so the month that this occurred in would have been anywhere between April and November. That was the most of the of the times the shepherds would be out in the fields watching over the sheep. Most likely it was not in December. Sorry, kids. <laughs> Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. We can probably say without a doubt. Uh, it doesn't really matter, though, the day or the, the, the date he was born on, the month or, or anything like that. The, the most important thing is to remember that we are uh, remembering his birth. Uh, we celebrate his birth. And so look at verse 9. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. So the shepherds, as they're keeping watch over the flock, a very strange occurrence happens. An angel of the Lord appears. Uh, this is the same angel that appeared to Elizabeth, Zechariah, Mary, Joseph, and this angel is Gabriel, the messenger angel. We first learn of him in the book of Daniel, when Daniel is confronted with uh, Gabriel. And we'll talk about that more in just a minute. But here, uh, this glory of the Lord shone round about him. We talked about not long ago how Moses had been up in the presence of God and how when he came down off the mountain, he was glowing and had to wear a veil. Well, this glory of the Lord, again, is God's magnificent glory that shines out among men. And here, these, these shepherds, they're, uh, it says they're sore afraid. Uh, suddenly the entire night has turned into day. We sing that song sometimes. Uh, what, what is it? Uh, my sins were washed away and my night was turned to day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. The shepherds could be singing that at this point. you know. But instead of singing, they are sore afraid. That means extremely afraid. They are frightened. It was a very glorious, extraordinary light that shone with surprising luster and brightness all around them. And they could discern that there was an angel of God in this light. And listen, they were afraid. And wouldn't you be? Uh, you know, people talk about seeing aliens these days. You know, UFO, a UFO came and everything got bright and I saw these strange creatures. Well, <laughs> these uh, shepherds saw UFO that night and they saw an alien come down in, in the presence of God's angel. And, uh, of course, they were afraid. Wouldn't you be? Um, I mean, here they are in this in this field. They're probably slumbering. It's, it's nighttime. And they're in the field. And the, the sheep are probably lowering. You know, the song says the cattle were lowering. And maybe the sheep were laying there. And maybe they're coming out of somewhere. And the shepherds are watching over them. And they're probably looking, is that a wolf? You know, <laughs> whatever. And uh, suddenly all this occurs. It'd be kind of like the movies you see today of uh, extraterrestrials that come out of the sky. And so uh, angels are generally terrifying creatures when they're mentioned in the Bible. Almost everyone that comes in the presence of them is afraid. 
they fall down and some of them tremble as if they were dead and everything else. So, like I said, Gabriel was mentioned in the book of Daniel. If you look in, we're not going to turn there, but in chapter 8 of Daniel, it talks about when Gabriel came in the presence of Daniel and uh, it said when it came, when he came near him, Daniel said he was afraid and fell upon his face. He was afraid and fell upon his face. And, of course, don't forget what Ezekiel says in Ezekiel chapter 10. You remember all the talk about the wheels with the, they were uh, full of eyes? So these angels that Ezekiel saw had wheels, they had four faces, they had four sets of wings, and they had man's hands coming out from under the wings, and they had straight legs. <laughs> Can you imagine this? I mean, that's no little you know Cupid with a bow and arrow wearing a diaper going around shooting at people. Uh, this is... This is a terrifying creature. I mean, and the and the faces that Ezekiel saw they were they weren't uh, human faces. They were faces of animals and 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 a face of a cherubim, of course, but uh, different animals that were around uh, these creatures' heads. And uh, no wonder it looked like something from outer space because it was. It's from what from from Earth. These are heavenly beings that God created, and uh, those uh, cherubims, of course, you know they talk about how sweet and everything they are you should see them during valentine's day now they were they were protecting angels they were placed above the the gates of the garden to protect the garden from people coming in and so they were terrifying of course you're not gonna have some little sweet little fat baby up there sitting there saying don't you come in here no it's gonna be something if you saw it you'd probably fall down your face and say Hi, i'm out of here <laughs> i ain't gonna have nothing to do with those guys so most people's ideas of what angels look like actually come from the Renaissance uh, period. Uh, back in the uh, 15th and 16th century, uh, the Renaissance, of course, they say started in Italy, and that being the main seat of the Roman Catholic Church. And so Catholicism, of course, latched on to the Renaissance period, and you'll find all those paintings and sculptures and statues and all that stuff in the Roman Catholic Church. And so they that's where most people get their ideas about angels and and heavenly beings is from the Roman Catholic Church and the Renaissance period. And so, uh, you know, that's not going to be correct. All right, look at verse 10. Luke 2 and 10. And the angel said, here we go, emphasize it, unto them. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Do you notice that? Unto them I bring you, and it's to all people. Uh, that's important to remember. Um, and again, I, I like how the Bible tells us that when somebody's afraid, that the Lord gives them assurance they don't need to be. So the first thing the angel said to them, fear not. And that's what the angels always had to say to men when they came in their presence because they were so afraid. And they, they'd say, well, hang on, fear not. I'm not here to kill you. <laughs> I'm here to tell you something. I'm a messenger from God. And so I like how the Bible does that. But the angel says that he brings unto them good tidings of great joy. Not only to them, but to all people. Not just the Jew, not just the Gentile, but every single person this good news is being delivered unto. And so what is this good news? I'm sure the shepherds are on pins and needles wondering, what is it? What is this news that you have for us? So he's assured them they're no longer afraid. They're probably looking up and thinking, okay, well, let's figure out what's going on here. And so Gabriel says, listen, verse 11, For unto you 
is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And that is the key verse to this whole portion of Scripture, the announcement of the Savior, the, the Christ that has come for unto you. And think about the importance of it all. Do you understand what that means? Because the Lord Jesus was sent here as our Savior, we do not have to fear going to hell and dying and paying for our sins. We don't have to worry about it. All we have to do is believe in the finished work of Christ on the cross. Believe in the name of Jesus. Call in the name of the Lord, now shalt be saved. And we don't have to go to hell and pay the penalty for our sins. All because he was born unto us this day in the city of David, a Savior which is Christ the Lord. And so what's the big deal about that, people ask. So, you know, what, what is the big deal? And a lot of people still think Jesus is that baby that's born in Bethlehem. That's all they remember him as, you know. Um, but he's much more than that. Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. He is the incarnate Christ. He's came here to be the Savior of all men. Christ the Lord, the Bible says. And so we don't have to go into the lowest pits of hell and suffer where their worm dieth not, the Bible says, where the fire is not quenched, um, where there's weeping, wailing, gnashing of teeth. We don't have to fear that because of this announcement of the Savior that's born, Christ the Lord. All right, look at verse 12. And this shall be a sign, here it is again, unto you. Why didn't they say this is going to be a sign unto the king? You'll find out when the king comes, when the king makes his announcement, when you see the king's herald come, this is what he's going to announce. Now, he, didn't, he says unto you. Didn't, didn't mention the king or the high priest or anybody. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. So Gabriel's not only in making the announcement, he's also informing them that they are going to be the ones that's going to go and discover this Christ that's been born. Now, can you imagine that? I mean, <laughs> their job is to sit around and watch sheep, make sure they don't get get uh, eat or harmed or make sure they're taken care of. And all of a sudden, the angels will know you're going to go and you're going to find this Christ has been born, Christ the Lord. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And uh, so this angel is more or less instructing the shepherds, you go find him, go find Jesus. And he tells them where, uh, who he is and where he's at. They'll find the king of kings and lord of lords in all places a lowly Manger, lying in a manger. A manger is a feeding trough. And you can only imagine the uh, confusion. What do you, uh, we feed animals out of those things. What do you mean he's being born in one of those troughs? And so he says, yeah, uh, in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. And uh, how peculiar that must have sounded. Verse 13, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And so what a fantastic show now the, the, uh, the shepherds are seeing. Not only is Gabriel there, but it says there's a multitude of the heavenly hosts. So numerous amounts of angels, heavenly beings. We don't know what all's included here. God has created all kinds of uh, <coughs> heavenly bodies <coughs> in the heavens that we probably don't even know everything about. And so they're all there gathered around along with Gabriel and they are praising God and saying. It doesn't say they were praising God and singing, by the way. 
angels we have heard on high sweetly singing o'er the plain. Now they were saying, they wasn't singing that we know of. The Bible doesn't say they were singing. Uh, you know, we have a lot of songs, a lot of our Christmas songs is about angels singing. And these angels were not human beings who got their wings. And a lot of people say that their loved one died and finally got his wings. No, he didn't. If he got his wings, he's not a human being. Uh, you don't get wings when you die. You're not an angel. We're better than angels. We got bodies like Christ, the Bible tells us. And so, uh, yeah, these weren't uh, human beings. They were heavenly creatures that God created that were praising him and saying, and what are they saying? Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. That's what the message of the Savior is. Because he's been sent, Jesus Christ, Christ the Lord, because he's been sent, the message is that uh, um, there's peace and goodwill toward men. Peace doesn't mean that there was not going to be fighting. <clears throat> it didn't mean that one country wasn't going to come across another one because right after this, that, of course that happened. People fighting. No, this peace is the peace that he can bring in men's hearts. He is the prince of peace. Through him, we can get peace with God. We're not enemies of his. So he brings that peace that we all need. Peace that only he can provide. <clears throat> Verse 15. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord <clears throat> has made known unto us. So as quickly as all this scene goes away, the sky now has returned uh, to blackness. There are stars, because we know there's a star over uh, Bethlehem that uh, they were following, at least the, the Magi were coming, that were following the star. And so now the shepherds look at one another and said, well, you know what, let's go. <laughs> uh, the angel told us where it's going to be and, and who it is. Let's go and see this thing, which the Lord, and notice they recognize it as the Lord that told them this. Yeah, It wasn't a UFO, it was the Lord. A lot of people think UFOs and aliens are telling them stuff. No, they're not. If you're hearing anything, God's the one talking to you. Unless you're not saved, then it's the devil. And so uh, just as quickly as this angel had appeared, he is now gone. The shepherds are back in the darkness of night, uh, back to the business. Some of them probably had to stay and watch the sheep. I'm sure they couldn't all just get up and leave. Uh, the sheep are still out there, need to be tended to, but some of them leave. And uh, I'm sure they think that nobody's ever going to believe this happened. Uh, it's too bad they didn't have a, a mobile phone. They could have got it out and, you know, <laughs> you know, wouldn't that have been silly? You know, you see all these people nowadays, they go places, uh, concerts and uh, events, and all they do is sit here in front of the screen looking at it, you know, so that they can brag about it and get likes on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. Uh, missing the whole thing. You don't enjoy the 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 stuff while you're looking through it through a screen. Uh, it's gotten sickening. That's, that's for another message. We'll, we'll get off that. I've done made people mad. But anyway, they say, let us go. And it's, it's been made known unto us. They didn't say, well, somebody go get the king so that he can know about all this. No, they're, they're taking it on themselves. And so they go to Bethlehem to see this Savior, which has been made known unto them. Look at verse 16. And they came slowly. 
Is that what your Bible says? If it does, throw it in the garbage. It's not right. They came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. So the Bible says it came with haste. That word haste means uh, with great speed. Haste. Come here. Haste. Have haste behind it. So hurry up. This word is only used six times in the King James Bible. And every time it means the same thing. It means hurry up and do it fast. Uh, so these shepherds are going to break every speed law there is in Bethlehem. You know, I don't know if they walked, ran, uh, got on the back of a camel, rode a sheep. I don't know what they did, but they got there and they got there fast. They weren't going to mess around. Uh, so uh, it says they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. So they were using heaven's GPS to find the Lord Jesus. And they found exactly who they were looking for, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. And so it was these lowly shepherds discovered the Lamb of God. Uh, they were privileged to see him before anyone else, except for Mary and Joseph, of course, and all the animals that were around them. And it's fitting, isn't it, that the shepherds would be the ones that were called to witness the Lamb of God? He's the Lamb, the Bible says. They're shepherds. You get it? First Peter 1, 19 through 20 says, But with precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world that was made manifest in these last times for you. And so it was only fitting that shepherds were the ones that were chosen. All right, look at verse 17. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. So, look at it there. The angels, they came to common shepherds. Uh, with good news about a Savior. Remember what we said at the beginning? It was the greatest announcement ever in the history of the world. The shepherds, they made haste to go to see Jesus exactly where the angel said he would be. And it was because this one that's been sent is the Savior that would save them. After they met him, what did they do? They went and told others about him. So look at it in, in the sense of a lost sinner. Imagine, if you will, the shepherds being a lost sinner. They discover Christ. They hear about Christ being the Savior. They go and find him. They see him. They believe upon him, of course. And the first thing they do is turn around and tell others. They made it known abroad, is what the Bible said. And after that, it says they told everybody and they returned and worshipped and praised him. That's what it said in verse 20. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. So, we see the uh, it's it's a, um, uh, a symbol or a sign, or a, I'm, I'm missing the word here that I'm trying to think of. But, uh, this whole thing is, is just like a lost sinner. The shepherds, they hear the word of God. They obey the word of God. They believe the word of God. 
They go and tell others about what God has done for them. And then they return and they praise God. And so that's really the life of a Christian. Uh, you know, what's what we should be doing. You remember when you first got saved, you wanted to go and tell everybody. Nowadays, it seems we're ashamed that if anybody even knows. Uh, at least that's that's what I see most of the time. People don't want anybody to know that they're a Christian. Uh, they get in a, in a crowded place and... Um, perhaps a restaurant and it's time to pray and they look around and see if anybody's watching them. Oh, nobody sees me. In the, uh, why don't you pray? Ashamed. Well, we ought not be that way. We ought to be excited still that the Lord saved us and we ought to be willing and able to tell people about him and then most of all we should be praising him just like the, the shepherds did, glorifying and praising God. These people today that don't want to have anything to do with the Lord, they call themselves secret Christians. <laughs> bah humbug. There ain't no such thing as a secret Christian. Um, you know, we should uh, we praise him. Uh, over in our living room, of course, we have a Christmas tree. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't care about your beliefs in that. If, if you believe it or you don't believe that we ought to have a tree in our house. <clears throat> we had a, a couple that belonged to our church one time didn't believe in it. Uh, they didn't realize that uh, we had Christmas tree and they said they were on a higher path than we were and that we were worshiping trees. Uh, I don't know what they're talking about. but uh, uh, Our Christmas tree, we remember Christ. We look at all the, the ornaments and things and we remember the star Bethlehem at the top of the tree and and all the wonderful things uh, that represent Christ. But the gifts that are in there under that tree, you know, uh, they're store-bought gifts. They could be replaced. The thief could break in and steal them all, and we could go back on Amazon and order them all again if we had the money. <laughs> but they were made by man, they were bought by money, and all of it can be replaced. The truth is, God sent His only begotten Son here to die for us, to be the Savior of the world. While we were yet sinners, the Bible says, he died for us. And that was his free gift of salvation. That gift was not made by man. That gift was not bought by money. It was bought by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it was the most expensive and exquisite gift ever given in the history of man. You can't break it. You can't lose it. You can't give it away. Not us. Christ can. He can give it uh, to others. But once you receive it, it is yours for eternity. If you've truly been saved, you can't give that gift back. Uh, if you're truly saved, and you wouldn't want to give it back. If you want to give it back, then you were never saved in the beginning. And so, listen, uh, here's the best part. This gift was sent personally unto you. Unto you. You know, we can read the Bible, and we can remember the history. We can see the shepherds that were given the announcement, and all the people, and of course, all the other things that were going on in the background with the Magi coming and, and King Herod sending out a decree, you know, and all this stuff. All that was going on in the background. But the most important thing to remember that Christ is being sent unto you. It's you personally. Salvation is a personal one-on-one -on -one thing between you and Christ. Your salvation has no bearing on somebody else's. Uh, you don't get saved because somebody else got saved. You get saved because you believe in Jesus and he saves you. It's your personal salvation. Um, so remember that. This is unto us.
And I'm so thankful today that the Lord came and gave me the gift of salvation. It's just a young boy. And he's never taken away. He's not an Indian giver. It's mine forever. I possess the gift of salvation eternally. And he will redeem me on the day of redemption. I am sealed, the Bible says. So once you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes and he seals, seals that salvation. And then when you get to heaven, God redeems you because he bought you with his son Jesus. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we come to you this morning thanking you for the message. Thank you for this Christmas message, God, that the gospel message that's wrapped within it. Lord, we thank you that salvation in Christ was sent for all men. Lord, and it was an individual thing for each person to believe and accept. Lord, I pray for those today that are not saved. Lord, they're lost. And uh, if they died right now, God, they'd go to hell. Lord, we pray for them. We pray that through the Holy Spirit you'll convict their heart before that time comes. Lord, we thank you for this church. Thank you for all the things you bless us with. Lord, help us as we go and tell abroad the message of the Lord Jesus. Help us with it, Father. May you be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Don't forget, next Sunday is Christmas Sunday, and of course we're having service. I've already heard churches canceling uh, Christmas service because it's Christmas. You know, uh, some of them are moving their services later on in the day, you know, so the kids can get up early and open presents and all that. All of our kids are grown and old now, so uh, we're going to open presents at night time. Uh, but we're still having church Christmas morning and invite everybody to come and uh, keep watching online. If you're not able to get out or come, uh, you can watch us on the live stream, Lord willing, if, it, if it's working. And uh, anyway, anybody got anything in their heart before we dismiss? All right. Good Lord willing, the creek don't rise. We'll see you next Sunday.